Welcome to part two of the Fair Housing series of our podcast, A Seat at the Table, which is presented by the Charleston Area Urban League. I'm your host, Saida Odi, and I'd like to welcome another one of our staff members that lead our fair housing program, Adrienne Wilson. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat about the importance of this topic. Um, if you could just tell us about yourself and how long do you work with the Urban League? Well, thank you, Saida, for having me today. This is uh, awesome, and uh, I really appreciate you putting this together for us. Uh, my name is Adrian Wilson. I am a HUD-certified housing counselor at the Charleston Area Urban League. I've been working for the Urban League since 1997, providing family stabilization services. Great. Awesome. So what inspired you to work in public service? So I began at the Urban League in Columbia, South Carolina, and what was supposed to be a six week part time temporary assignment in the summer of 1997. (laughs) They ended up keeping me on part time, providing administrative support to the vice president of the agency at the time. You know, I I found it very uh, interesting and at the same time fulfilling. Uh, When I graduated from the uh, Arnold School of Public Health with a Bachelor's of Science in Anatomy and and Physiology. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Go Gamecocks. Yeah, I graduated the following year and I was offered a full-time program coordinator position and I've been working at the Urban League ever since. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's awesome to have you here and um, the work speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So tell us about the Fair Housing Program and its services. Okay, uh, our fair housing program is based on the Fair Housing Act that protects people from discrimination when they are renting or buying a home, Mm. getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. Uh, A lot of folks don't know, but it is illegal to discriminate against someone based on any of the following seven characteristics. They include someone's race, someone's color, Religion, sex, and that that includes uh, gender identity and sexual orientation, uh, disability, familial status, or national origin. If anyone feels that they may have been, excuse me, if anyone feels that they may have experienced housing discrimination, they can file a complaint with, with the Urban League and or directly with HUD to potentially open an investigation. The complaint must be filed within one year of the alleged uh, discrimination complaint. And that's really good to know because a lot of people just kind of, you know, take what they get. Mm-hmm. And um, that is something that, you know, we can take care of. So awesome. Right. right. There, are, there are also several steps that are included in this uh, process. Uh, the first step is, the, is called the uh, intake phase. Uh, when an individual reports uh, possible discrimination, we check whether a formal complaint can be filed under one of the laws that we enforce, or, or that are that are enforced. We don't actually do the enforcement. Mm-hmm. That's left up to uh, other agencies. Um, where appropriate, the agency will draft a formal complaint, and the individual will review and sign the complaint. At that time, the complaint will be filed with HUD or another designated agency. Uh, Next is the investigation phase. During the investigation phase, HUD will assign an investigator to investigate the allegations made in the the, uh, complaint. HUD may gather evidence by interviewing parties and witnesses and getting documents and and inspecting uh, the properties where the uh, alleged uh, discrimination took place. After the investigation, the two parties have the option of voluntarily resolving the issue 
this phase is called the conciliation phase. Uh, the landlord and tenant or the whatever two uh, uh, parties involved can get together and if they can agree to um, uh, resolve the issue without it uh, going any further, they, they, they have the option to do that during that uh, conciliation phase. And, and finally, if they cannot agree to resolve the issue, legal action may be necessary. This includes court hearings and possibly lawsuits. Okay. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of information. Um, and you can definitely read up on that on our website <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely tools that you need to know when it comes to renting and housing. Um, so just to kind of go back into talking about the housing market and renting, um, with inflation on the rise, how do you feel about the market? So uh, it is definitely tough uh, when it comes to uh, renting and or buying because uh, the um, there's a lack of inventory in both uh, the rental market and the housing market. Uh, currently, we're in what's called a seller's market when it comes to uh, obtaining a mortgage or buying a home. Mm-hmm. Sellers are getting more than market value for their homes due to the lack of inventory, like I said, and that's creating uh, bidding wars uh, somewhat. Uh, bidding wars in some in some um, instances mm-hmm. where a house may be worth four hundred and fifty thousand, but you have twenty people trying to get that that home, and uh, folks are offering above that the hundred. I'm sorry, above the four hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar mortgage or, or or amount, and uh, sometimes they're getting into trouble because uh, when you attempt to uh, purchase a property that is um, worth less than what the money you're that you're borrowing that that can create some some problems there mm-hmm. it's interesting you mentioned that because um i uh, have an apartment and mm-hmm. i was trying to look for a house mm-hmm. and i was on um zillow oh, okay. <laughs> and um that was definitely a process i mean as soon as i would apply it would be gone and i'm like what is going on? So can you right. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, several of the uh, clients that we're dealing with right now is one lady uh, in particular. She is uh, all, she's ready. Uh, her, her credit score is above a 750. She has her, um, her savings up to where she can take care of her down payment and her closing costs. Uh, she also has a very, very uh, steady job. She's been in the same industry for about 20 years. Uh, she makes six figures. Uh, the only issue is what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the uh, houses that she's uh, going after are as soon as she uh, calls a real estate her, her real estate agent and tries to um, go see the house, uh, the the real estate agent is calling back saying, you know, it's already uh, under contract or somebody already is. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it, 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 somebody's already you know on it. You know, it's, it's too late. So, uh, it's interesting that you that you bring that up because um, the market is so uh, what they call uh, uh, dog eat dog, so, mm-hmm. to, so to speak. <laughs> uh, you really have to be on point. And uh, this the same young lady mentioned the fact that her real estate agent that she's working with, he's a part time real estate agent, mm-hmm. and she's considering getting one that that does it full time because uh, the part time guy he, he's just not not cutting it. So mm. uh, I, I, that's a that's a topic for a, a different discussion uh, when we get into uh, the actual home buying process and uh, selecting the, the, the right people for the right jobs, including the uh, real estate agent. Right. Yeah, we can talk about that all day. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, do you think it's still possible for someone to own a home? Oh, absolutely. You know, home ownership is definitely possible and, and if uh, financially feasible, everyone should desire 
and be working towards uh, becoming a homeowner. Um, buying a house, we, we're talking about uh, fair housing. Mm-hmm. Um, fair housing is extremely important uh, in both instances when it comes to renting and owning. But in the instance of owning, uh, we know that an investment in a home is usually uh, not only someone's uh, biggest investment and biggest expense, it can also potentially provide the uh, biggest windfall when it comes to uh, um, uh, financial um, independence mm-hmm. and uh, building your what's called your financial portfolio. Usually, uh, when you sell a home uh, for a profit, that's usually the, the biggest windfall of cash that, that most individuals will get in a lifetime. You know, whether you do it once or more than once, that's usually... Um, the most money that you get at one time, mm, and uh, okay. uh, makes and, sense, right? And after you've, mm-hmm. after you've ex- experienced that, you'll, you'll know exactly what I mean. And uh, it's important that people are not discriminated against when it comes to uh, the biggest investment and potentially the biggest uh, windfall of cash uh, in their lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about um, you know having your finances in order, having a financial portfolio. Um, so I understand you are well versed in financial literacy. So can you explain on what that means? And also, can you piggyback on some of the other counseling services that we offer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, on a very basic level, uh, financial literacy is the ability to uh, understand and effectively use various financial skills. Uh, they include uh, personal money management, budgeting, investing, and uh, overall financial health. Uh, Financial literacy is the foundation of your relationship with money over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So um, there are so many layers there. Uh, You have your credit, you have your uh, income, you have your spending habits, you have your expenses. So so all those things Mm kind of like uh, go hand in hand when you're uh, uh, building your financial portfolio and uh, as you uh, improve your financial literacy acumen, so to speak. Okay. Uh, there are some very key components to financial literacy. First, uh, everyone needs to have an up-to-date budget and or comprehensive spending plan as it, it, it is extremely important to understand how much money you have and what you currently spend it on. You know, having an understanding of your finance and what you're doing with your money. Uh, next, individuals need to focus on building their cash reserve uh, savings account or what is known as a financial cushion. It is ideal to have at least six months worth of your monthly expenses saved, saved up for a rainy day, saved up and put away that you don't touch uh, for, a, for a rainy day. And uh, lastly, it is important to protect your identity. Mm. Uh, identity theft can ruin a financial portfolio overnight. Yeah, that's that's a big one. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, you know, with um, the talk about financial literacy and budgeting, um, that is definitely important, but it's also very difficult, especially with this day and age. So what are some of your suggestions for the working class, for, excuse me, for the working class to stay afloat in this economy? Uh, so the best thing for anyone to do in any economy is to generate more income while budgeting and, sa- and saving for the uh, future. It, mm-hmm. it is very important to develop and have multiple, what I call multiple revenue streams and profit centers. And uh, I don't know if it's uh, more or less difficult these days. I would lean a little bit towards less difficult. And let me tell you what I mean. Okay. Uh, so most of us have our main job, our main income. 
However, uh, with gas prices being $5 and other expenses that people are incurring, uh, some folks take on a secondary job or a secondary income, which, you know, it may include like a, a gig type, um, a gig job or what they call the uh, gig economy, uh, where people may do uh, ride share services or uh, maybe um, uh, delivery of um, food uh, mm-hmm. through through um, the various um, online platforms. Mm-hmm. So uh, that being said, I think it's... Um, not harder to generate more income, and, and it's always uh, important to di- diversify your income and your investments. Right, yeah. And I know a lot of people now are doing um, gigs that are more hobby-based. So things right. that they do you know, in their free time are just trying to generate money online. Right, so um, we're experiencing what's called the uh, great resignation, yep. I think they're calling it. So month <laughs> yeah. after month, more and more people are figuring out that uh, they can generate income on their own in their own way and enjoy, you know, enjoy it at the same time. And I think people are um, uh, figuring out that uh, that makes for better, uh, not only financial uh, mm-hmm. habits, but also um, better, better time at home with the, with their children and right, families. Right. And we also um, offer like entrepreneur type of counseling as well, right? Right. So uh, being an entrepreneur myself for the last uh, 20, I guess about 22, 23 years, um, we have a very unique uh, skill set here where we can uh, speak from experience to individuals that um, are either looking to, to become entrepreneurs or are in it and uh, just need a little assistance with uh, a little guidance and what, uh, what, to, uh, what to do next, how to, to advance their business, and how to build, build their income and revenue up. Um, we uh, provide uh, free income tax services, which is critical not only in the home buying process, but also to individuals who are entrepreneurs. Uh, when you don't get a W-2 and you get either 1099s or you make, uh, you make money that is not uh, actually documented, mm-hmm. it's important to take your, your information to an experienced individual who understands uh, uh, income tax as it pertains to uh, either 1099s or, or cash income, cash revenue. Uh, because uh, you, people like to say they they made some money under the table. Mm. Let me let me just be clear on the on this. There is no such thing as money under the table. Any right. money that you make, you should report and claim on your income taxes. Because uh, if you don't and you get caught up in that, that's called uh, uh, either tax fraud or tax evasion. Mm. E- either one, you you don't want to get caught up in. Yeah. Right. Well. Adrian, thank you so much for all of that information. Um, you have dropped so many gems, um, which will be so useful for people that, um, you know, need these services. And, you know, with that being said, we offer so many different ways for people to, you know, um, keep up with what's going on in the economy, whether it's fair housing, um, financial literacy, budgeting, all of these things fall under the same umbrella so um, thank you for so much for your time and your knowledge. And, um, you know, this is definitely going to be a great series because you um, also do taxes and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So yep. we're definitely going to be talking to you more. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but thank you again. Thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for having me, Saida. Uh, oh, of course, of course. And um, with that being said, 
Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in our fair housing program and are in need of our services or would like to donate, please visit the ctul.org. That's www.ctul.org. And this episode could not have been possible without our donors, members, and supporters. So from all of us at the CAUL, stay safe and well.